Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 10th episode of The Gelman Report. I'm your host, Ellie Gelman, and in today's episode, we are going to be doing part three of my NBA bubble predictions when we go over each individual team in the bubble, and I give you my predictions for how I think these eight seed these eight seeding games are going to go. Um, let's not waste any more time, and let's get right into the episode. So in today's episode, we are going to be going over four more teams, um, including the Mavericks, the Nets, the Wizards, and the Magic. If you did not watch the two previous episodes when we did the uh, the first ten teams, make sure you look at you listen to those episodes before listening to this one, so you don't miss any of the teams. Um, so let's get right uh, into it with the first team, the Dallas Mavericks. So when the season was suspended the Mavs were seventh in the west with a record of 40 and 27 right behind the Rockets one of the teams we did last episode uh the Rockets are 40 and 27 as well actually the Rockets are 40 and 24 I'm in the sixth seed and the Mavericks have three extra losses which makes them um the seventh seed um so the the roster changes that the Mavericks have coming into Orlando is that um uh, Jalen Brunson, Courtney Lee, and Willie Cauley-Stein all will not be joining the team in Orlando. Jalen Brunson, Courtney Lee are injured, uh, while Willie Cauley-Stein has opted out of um, the bubble um, as he doesn't, I guess, um, does not want to play because of the dangers of COVID nineteen. Um, and because of that, the uh, the Mavericks did sign point guard Trey Burke to take Jalen Brunson's spot. Um, so yeah, no big changes really. Um, and yeah, uh, let's get on to the MVP for the Mavericks. Obviously, the MVP uh, for uh, the Mavericks is going to be Luka Doncic, he, um, one of the best players in the league, especially one of the probably the best young player in the league under 25 years old. Um, and he's been having MVP-like numbers, averaging 30 points a game, eight assists, eight rebounds. One of the best um, second-year uh, seasons in NBA history. And um, I just think that um, he is going to really have to be, I know he's only a second-year player, but he's really going to have to be the leader of this team if they, if the Mavericks want to go far. And along with that, he's going to have to improve his defense. That's probably his biggest weakness, um, his, weak, uh, his defense and athleticism. Um, so he's going to have to work on that and um, really be invested in uh, to improving his defense during these eight games if uh, he wants to lead the Mavericks um, far in the playoffs. Uh, the X factor that I have for the for Seth excuse me for Seth Curry um, is oh excuse me the X factor I have for the Mavericks is Seth Curry. I think Seth Curry is one of the most underrated players in the league. Um, um, I think. It, that is caused because of his family name. He's being overshadowed by his father and especially his brother, Steph Curry. Um, but I think Seth Curry, I don't think, of course, he's not a better player than Steph. Steph is an unbelievable point guard, second best point guard of all time, in my opinion. Um, but I think, um, and the numbers do show that Seth arguably um, could and is a better shooter than Steph. I think if you said that, I would not... Um, 
argue with you as much. I would only, I would I wouldn't argue with you so much, and there's definitely an argument to be made for that. But that's besides the point that he is just a great shooter overall. Um, and we saw that in the first or the second scrimmage game they played when he had 23 points, eight for eight. Um, from the field and six three-pointers, um, six for six from the three. Um, and if he can t- continue to p- shoot the ball extremely well, um, I'm not um, expecting him to shoot 100%, but if he could continue his amazing three-point percentage and field goal percentage, um, then um, he's going to be the X-Factor and secret weapon that the uh, Mavericks have. Um, and similar to Luka Doncic, the only thing he really has to work on is his defense. Similar to Steph, um, a smaller point guard, a shooting guard, I mean, he's going to have to um, uh, just work on his defense. And if he could do that, he can be an amazing, amazing player in these eight games and going on in the future in the league. Um, I think um, going over the Maverick schedule, they have a um, middle-of-the-pack schedule, not too hard, not too easy. Um, and I think they will go 5-3 and three in Orlando, and that will uh, be enough for them to bump up to the 6th spot. They are in the 7th spot right now, but I think they will end these these 8 games in the 6th spot. And, of course, that is enough to make uh, the playoffs. So, Nets, let's go on to the next team, the Brooklyn Nets. So, before the season ended, um, the Nets were 30-34, and 34 which was surprisingly seventh in the East, um, even with that subpar record. And um, the Nets actually made probably the most roster changes in any team in the bubble. Um, they were one of the, they were the team that was uh, that was punished the most the excuse me the most uh, by COVID nineteen, and it really shows by the amount of players that left. Uh, Wilson Chandler, N- Nicholas Claxton, DeAndre Jordan, Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, Terry on Prince. So right there, you have Wilson, Wilson Chandler. I don't know if you, well, DeAndre Jordan, Spencer Dini, and Tarion Prince, three of their starters will not be joining them in Orlando because of their positive COVID-19 test. Um, uh, Wilson Chandler is also a great bench player. Nicholas Claxton, also a good bench uh, center. So they did lose a lot, a lot of uh, players and a lot of talent. Um, but they did make some free agent signings. They did sign Tyler Johnson, Lance Thomas, Dante Hall, Justin Anderson, and my favorite player of all time, Jamal Crawford. We did an episode a few weeks ago talking about which team should sign Jamal Crawford. I had said the Milwaukee Bucks, but I guess they didn't They didn't want him. So he was signed by the Brooklyn Nets. I think a great, great fit, and I'm super happy he was signed. I cannot wait to watch him in these eight games. But even with all these free agent signings, it definitely is not going to uh, make up for the loss of Spencer Dinwiddie, DeAndre Jordan, and all those other players. Um, And with these uh, departures and free agent signings, the Nets have a very, very weak roster. And so I had, when doing my research for the MVP and the X Factor, I had to find, uh, I had to do a lot of research into the roster, trying to find what player I think can fit each um, award, I guess you could say. So the MVP I have is Karis Levert. Um, I was actually meaning to talk about Karis Levert. Um, I actually talked about him on the YouTube channel on one of my tier lists. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel just at the Gelman Report. Um, and so Karis Levert, before the season was uh, postponed, he was putting up um, MVP like numbers. I th- in the I think it was five 
it was the last eight or five games, I'm not sure, in that range. He was averaging 33, around 33 points a game, um, like, as I mentioned before, putting up MVP numbers, uh, carrying the Nets to wins. Um, and so I don't expect him to average 33 points a game in these in these eight seeding games, but I expect him to be the leader of this team, especially on offense. Um, he's just gonna, he's gonna have to carry the squad a lot. I do expect him in certain games to score maybe 30, yeah, 33 points, 40 points. I would not be surprised if 50 points, cause he's very underrated, extremely skilled, one of the best young shooting guards in the league. And yeah, he's going to be the MVP, uh, for this Nets team in Orlando. Um, the X factor I have is newly signed shooting guard Jamal Crawford. As I mentioned, my favorite player of all time, the best six man of all time. And uh, they signed Jamal Crawford um, because, as I mentioned before, all their players are missing. Um, but even uh, just because he's a replacement, I still think that he can uh, make a big, big difference on this team. He's going to bring that offensive spark off the bench, um, which is needed especially for the Nets, but really for every single team in the NBA. And he's also going to bring a lot of leadership. Um, a lot of the players that left, DeAndre Jordan, Spencer Dinwiddie, Tarion Prince, those also were leaders in the locker room, veteran players uh, that not are not going to be in the locker room now. So the signing of Jamal Crawford is going to boost the morale of these young players, especially Karis LeVert. Um, uh, learning from Jamal Crawford is going to be uh, really good for him in his uh productivity and all that stuff. So Jamal Crawford is going to be a great leader, a great offensive player in these eight games for the Nets and can really, really help them out. Um, but even with the signing of Jamal Crawford and uh, the very uh, great play, uh, playing of Karis LeVert, uh, it's not going to help the Nets because they are going, my prediction is they will be going 0-8 in these eight games. But since they had a such a big lead, um, against, they're the seventh seed right now, um, and I think they'll drop down to the eight seed, but the nine seed is a team that we're also going to be going over today, the Wizards, and I think that uh, the Wizards are not going to win enough games to catch up to them, so the West, the East is so bad that the Nets will go 0-8, and they will still make the playoffs as the eight seed. Uh, so the next team we're going to go over is the Washington Wizards. So before the season was um, stopped, excuse me, the um, the Washington Wizards were twenty four and forty, which is ninth in the Eastern Conference. So one spot or two spots behind the Brooklyn Nets, and they they're actually the team, the second team I think that had the most difficulty dealing with COVID nineteen and departures of players. Um, the best shooter on the team, Davis Bert Davies Bertans, um, is not playing uh, for personal reasons, and uh, their best player, one of the best shooting guards, a top three shooting guard, I think, in the league, in Bradley Beal, um, is injured um, and is also not playing. So big, big losses for them. They did sign Jerry and Grant and Jared Utoff. Um, those players are not going to make a big difference and definitely cannot take over um, the missing pieces that Bradley Beal and David Bertans are. So um, the Wizards are in a similar position as the Nets, as I mentioned before, in that uh, their star players um, are not going to be in Orlando, and um, the rest of the roster besides those players is extremely, extremely weak. Um, and so again, I had to go through this roster, look at stats, numbers, and all that stuff, and try to find who I think 
um, is going to be the MVP and X Factor. So the MVP for the Wizards is going to be Rui Hachimura, one, I think, a top three rookie this year behind Zion Williamson and John Morant. Um, it has been extremely underrated, I think fits the mold of, of a NBA, not great, but all-star perfectly, a great 3-and-D player who could create his own shot. Um, and he's going, excuse me, I know he's only a rookie, but he is going to have to lead the team on offense and on defense, and he's going to also have to lead the team off the court and just uh, set an example as the best player. And so for uh, the Washington Wizards to really make a run into these into the eighth seed, they, he's going to average have to average around 20 points a game, 20 to 25 points a game, um, eight rebounds, a, few, a couple of assists a night, and really um, carry the squad and do everything for the team. Um, and even if he can't do it this year, Rui Hachimura is one of the great young players in the league, is going to have a great, great career um, um, in the future. Uh, the next player, well, the X Factor they have is Isaac Bonga. Um, Isaac Bonga last year was traded from the Lakers to the Washington Wizards, and um, he is a kind of uh, Swiss Army Knife type of player, jack-of-all-trades player. Um, he can rebound, pass, play defense, and um, this is probably his weakest attribute um, skill. He can't really score so much, but he can score when needed, a pretty solid shooter. Um, and So yeah, he's going to have to be that... Uh, that uh, lengthy uh, small forward slash point guard that can do everything the Swiss Army type of player as I mentioned, um, and uh, yeah, he's like kind of, he's one of the most unpredictable players, and that can be good and bad. Um, he does get in foul trouble a lot, but when he stays um, consistent and um, and doesn't doesn't foul a lot, he can be one of the most I'm not saying dangerous, but one of the uh, uh, most elusive players in the league with his uh, large skill set. Um, so I think that the Wizards are going to go 1-7 and seven in their eight games in Orlando. But as I mentioned before, they are six games behind... Um, no, what is it? No, Yeah, they are six games behind um, um, the Nets. Um, and that's not going to be enough for the, to overtake them in the eight seed. Um, oh, Oh, no, there will be a play. Oh, excuse me. No, there will be a play in. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Um, so the Wizards and Nets will play in a um, in to see who gets the eight seed. I think that the the Nets. I think mm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think the Nets that will will get the eight seed. Um, so the Wizards go one and seven. They will play for. Um, oh no! What am I? I'm all over the place. I'm so sorry. They're gonna go one and seven. That's not enough to get close enough to the Nets, so they will not be the 8th seed and they will miss the playoffs. Sorry for that whole mix-up there. Yeah, that was uh, that was my bad. Sorry about that. Um, now let's go on to the last team of this episode, which is the Orlando Magic. So before the season stopped, the Orlando Magic were 8th um, in the East with a record of 30-35, and 35, um, and the Magic have made no roster changes in Orlando, so they're coming back with their full roster, which um, is going to help them a lot in uh, these upcoming games. So I think that the MVP for the Magic is going to have to be Nikola Vucevic. Um, he is the best player on the team. He is an all-star caliber center. He was an all-star um, a couple of years ago. And uh, for the Magic to stay in the playoff hunt, um, he's going to have to keep uh, keep up his great play on offense and his rebounding and that all that great um, productivity that he um, has. 
Um, but he's going to have to improve a lot on defense. That's his biggest uh, negative. Uh, but if he can do that, uh, the Magic will easily make the playoffs and uh, maybe uh, have a first-round upset. I'm not confident in that, but they will definitely, definitely make the playoffs if he can play at his all-star caliber level. Uh, the X factor that I have is probably one of my favorite X factors that we've done so far, and uh, it is Jonathan Isaac. Um, so Jonathan Isaac was injured for most of the season, I guess you say last year, but the season of this year. Um, and uh, before getting injured, um, he was having the best career of his, uh, he was having the best year of his career, um, both on offense and on defense. Um, but he got injured. But now, because of the large break between um, the Orlando bubble and between the season ending and the Orlando bubble, around three to four months, that allowed him to rehab and get healthy. Um, so he will be joining the team Orlando and he will be playing. And so if he can get back to how he was playing when the when he before he was injured, averaging 15 points a game, um, two blocks, two steals, one of the best defensive players in the league, um, he is going to be a perfect 3 and D player. Um, one of the best in the league He's going to be perfect um, player with a perfect skill set for the Magic. Um, and I think it's realistic to say that if he can score 15 points a game, keep up his amazing defense, shoot an okay percentage from the three, maybe 30 to 35%. Actually, 30 is not too good. More like 35%. Um, he's going to be extremely dangerous and going to really, really help the Magic out a lot um, in their playoff run. So I think that the Magic in their eight games are going to go two and six. Um, and that will bump, that will be enough for them to move up to the seventh seed. Um, right now, the eighth seed, that'll be enough for them to move up to the seventh seed, and they will make the playoffs. So let's see how many more teams do we have here. Uh, we have the Bucks, Lakers, Raptors, Clippers, Celtics, Nuggets, Jazz, and Heat. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, eight more. We have eight more teams, so that's around, I think, two more episodes. We do around four an episode. So um, after I wanted to say that after we finish all these teams, the episode after that will be my playoff bracket when I uh, go over each playoff series and I uh, we end up well, I end up telling you who I might have my as my champion. Um, and so yeah, so uh, this this has been the third uh, part of my NBA predictions series. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching. Make sure to follow on Spotify and on SoundCloud so you don't miss any episodes. And subscribe to the YouTube channel at The Gelman Report. Just posted a new video on there, an NBA 2K video. Um, yes, so that is the end of the episode. Thank you guys so much for listening, and goodbye.